Welcome to the Forever Classic Podcast, the show seeking enlightenment through video games, films, and other geek culture. I'm Alex McCumbers, and today we're taking a trip to good old anime land, which is uh, adjacent to Candyland. And the only people I know who would go with me is uh, Mr. Zack Snyder. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> and Mr. Joe Simpson. Can't... What? Yeah, They're I'm next here. to each other. Yeah. In the realm of fantasy, Candyland is next to Anime Land. Like, they're they're just right next to each other. And they're, they're constantly like, uh, neighboring at war. Countries. No. <laughs> they're trade partners. <laughs> Although, I don't it's know a, if I trust that peppermint troll or whatever. It's a, it's a trade war. <laughs> just economic, like... They're price gouging uh, the Naruto group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got these Because candy somebody tariffs. has to. Got these candy tariffs and like, look, we'll give you a better deal on some candy if you eat less ramen. And Naruto's like, no. Can't be done. <laughs> how is this how we start this? <laughs> see, see you're, you're talking about all these like battle back and forth. And I'm like, why aren't they just making like candy ramen? Hmm. Somebody has mean, to have done that. I don't know if I would want candy ramen. I mean, just you got sweet and savory going on. I mean, somebody's bound to like it. Hmm. So there's candy in the shape of ramen. I'm just imagining when uh, Elf, when Buddy bakes oh. breakfast, <laughs> and he's just like putting syrup and like M and M's in his spaghetti. <laughs> Sounds so bad. But has somebody made ramen with candy in it? That's the question. It doesn't look... I mean, people have made candy with dry ramen. That's a different thing. All right. Let's... You know what's really sweet aside from anime and candy? Robots. Patreon and tipping your writers on foreverclassic.com. That's even cooler. (laughs) Pretty sweet stuff. True. Uh, Emailing us. (laughs) Telling us how good we're doing. That's pretty sweet. At contact at foreverclassicgames.com. Pretty. Tell us dope. You, you can totally do that. Play games. Uh, we finally got a comment for the first time in forever, and they're like, hey, the port of this game sucks. And I'm like, riveting. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that the. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's they one of those it. things where it's like, the, <laughs> there is some playback, clearly some issues, but the port itself isn't like bad. It's not like they broke yeah. like they just needed some like emulation work to make sure. That it's it just ran funny correctly. to me that like the first comment we've had in six months is somebody being like, "I don't like this game," <laughs> which they're they're totally right to do because it was you know a game breaking bug for Legend of Dragoon. But either way. Uh, but the good news a, is, is that they, they fixed it. They did. Or I think, so supposedly, there's a patch for, a, like, a... It's weird it's downloading a patch. It's hard to tell with patch. these things, because they're, like, 120-hour games, right? Like, how do you know if everything's well, ready? Well, <laughs> Legend of Dragoon is, like, a 45-hour game. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you even really playing per- it if you're not getting Even 100%, 100% is, like, 65 hours. Is it? <laughs> it is. Took me like three at- years to beat it when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, because you're bad at it. True. <laughs> That's the point. I was like, I, I remember Listen getting. Listen here, man. The dragon block staff will fuck you up. 
consistently getting to like disc three in an afternoon. <laughs> and then I'm, Joe, I'm and good then, at JRPGs. And then proceeding <laughs> never t- to actually beat it because something would happen or distract me. Well, anyways, I mean, we're not here to do news. Y'all want to take a peek at this geek? I want to take a geek peek. Welcome All to the right. geek peek. Joe, what, uh, what you geeking and peeking at here recently? So let, let me pitch something for you. I think you'll love it. You know how, like, billionaires suck? Yeah. Sure. And they're kind of terrible. What if one didn't suck quite as much and, like, used all of his money to, like, dress up in a costume and fight crime? Oh, like Moon Knight. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what if it was, like, a bat? Like, a guy dressed up like a bat. Would that be cool? I don't think so. What if Not he was like? What if he was like? Like, what if they called him like the Dark Knight? That okay, you're getting there. Does he do the gargoyles thing, where he like stands and looks over New York City? Gargoyles is really iconic. I don't know if you can follow up with that. Well, I mean, I've really, I've just been lately, the last like week or so, I've just been like really into this Batman character. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of like. He apparently had like an animated series, and it's yeah. pretty good. Uh. And I've been playing a video game that came out, uh, Arkham Knight, because I haven't played ha- hadn't played that one. And uh, I, I was, it. it was one of those things where I had heard like really mixed things uh-huh. about it, especially related to driving his car. Well, the Arkham Batmobile. Knight came out like right at the beginning of the PS4 or something, right? That's probably Some, why something I missed in that it. era. Uh, but everything that I've heard about it was like. Pretty middling reviews, maybe over like mostly positive, but then people were like, "Man, everything like it's just a shadow of what Arkham Asylum was, and like all this stuff." And I'm like, generally, I would agree, but I gotta say, when I jumped in that Batmobile and started cruising around Gotham, (laughs) that was really fun. I was grinning ear to ear. But yeah, I've just been like rereading some of the comics I've got. Um, been rereading the arc where uh, Batman and Son, where he finds out that like he has a son, and he's got a like, and he's kind of a douche. The son and, is or Batman? What? Is oh, the no. son the douche? The son. Or, oh, okay. Damien yeah. is a little prick when he f- first joins the Bat family. Nah. Um, but it's a. It, it was like one of the first like. It's like a really good like progression for Batman in a sort of a stale like just trading out different Robins or whatever. But like him having like a son who's was trained by the League of Assassins and like all this stuff. It's kind of an interesting take like him trying to like basically retrain his son that like not killing is actually harder. So if you want to be a real badass, you can you got to defeat these people without killing them. Mm. And like his tactic and parenthood and things like that and how that dynamic changes with all the other Robins and sidekicks that Batman has had throughout the years. And uh, Do you think we'll finally pass the mantle, so to speak? Because that seems to be from what I, I the only way I interact with most comic books these days is I see the headlines of like some of the big Power Ranger beats or some of the big DC beats. And there a while back, somebody was like, oh, we we might actually get like a new Batman and it might be Damien. Do you think that'll ever happen? Like I, here's what I'll say. The comic I'm reading now Uh came out in 2006 and nothing has changed. 
Mm. Bruce Wayne is still Batman, as far as I know. They've tried to do a few stories where, like, he's dead and they've got to figure out who the next Batman is going to be. There's a really great uh, stretch, uh, Batman and Robin Robin comics, where uh, Dick Grayson is Batman for a while. Mm. But, you know, Mm. Batman did not stay dead. Right. So Bruce Wayne came back. Like, they've done that story a couple of times where, like, who would be the next Batman? But it always comes back to Bruce Wayne. Uh, Damien is still always around, but it's not like they have not moved on from Bruce Wayne in the same way that, um, like, the Flash, Wally West came in and took up the mantle Mm -hmm. after um, Barry Allen died in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Barry Allen was dead for, like, 30 years in the comics. And then he literally ran away from death. So, <laughs> but, uh, it's like that yeah, bit no, in Sandman just, where the guy's like, what if we just didn't die in the same, <laughs> and dreams like, yeah, all right, I'll see that bit. Fair enough. Here you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I've been doing. Uh, that's my little geek peek. Just been like immersed in some Batman lore this last week. I've always appreciated the various ways people interpret Batman, like the different, uh, like cave Batman or like man bat like all of those different variations the heavy metal ones especially like all the toys and stuff are really cool Batman Beyond I was always really fond of as a kid like mm-hmm. I don't know I just like the design of Batman never been much for the actual like comics or stories of him yeah it is it is interesting to see like the different ways that that story can be told yeah well Zach what do you got we're T minus what 12 hours before Lightfall? <laughs> Give us we a peek are. at your geek. <laughs> All right, so two things. So stimming off the Lightfall is Destiny goodies. A, Lightfall's coming. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I am probably not going to play it day one because I'm mm. not that into Vaporwave unless something like after they can finally reveal more information about things like strikes me as very big. So what I'm okay. hearing is you now hate Destiny. No, that's what but I'm hearing. Depending on how I feel, I might buy it before the end of the week and run the legendary campaign for like the legendary uh, emblem that you get for doing it within the first week. Maybe hmm. that's that's the only thing that's tempting me to get it like right away. On the other hand, we just ordered a bunch of stuff, so we placed because they have they had the price fall sale Ooh. on their store. Fun. So, so it was like $25, and $100 increments would give you 15 20 25% off your order. Handy. Yeah, so Very we bought. Nice. So we'd been talking about buying the the hardbook grimoires of all the lore cards for a while. So we just bought those. Uh, that would be like, some fun shelf candy. Yes. Uh, I bought my 2022 Moments of Triumph shirt for saying I'm a badass and did most of the things. So I'll now have my purple one that has my engraved stuff on the side with my gamer tag, and now I'll have this black one with the wolf that also has the piece on the sleeve with the Wait, seal that's of like my name. Wait, that's personalized on. to your account? You can. Cost that's five actually bucks. sick. That that's is really super cool. cool. You'll have to share pictures of those when you, when yeah. you get it all together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you can only but, put certain designs if you've like done it in-game? So you can buy the shirt if you want without uh-huh. having earned it in-game, 
for $77,777. That's incredible. But if you earn it in-game, it unlocks it with your account and goes down to, like, t-shirt price. Sick. And then How have I never extra- heard about this? That is such a cool little thing. Right? And then for an extra five bucks, you can have it personalized. Earning to, real like, life. Like, have your, your tag on it. Earning real-life loot or, like... Sure, you could pay to earn to get it or whatever for some obscene price or whatever, but <laughs> it's just cool that the like your devotion to the game like matters. Yeah, that's really that's good. like if I in one of my Monster Hunter accounts killed like some super version of whatever, and then I could get a coat with that thing on the emblem on it to show like oh no i i accomplished that and i get i can purchase this at like a pretty decent price that's such a cool concept with my luck though to get be like personalized with what your character looks like on it and it would be like my dumb purple haired mustache to like pompadour (laughs) guy on my shirt that's one of the things i've found very cool with their store granted it's kind of expensive because it's you know brand from source store big company But, like, they have different things. Like, there was the plushy mechanical dog. Like, you could only get it if you managed to get the robot dog in the game. Because it had the same unlock. So you unlocked that Triumph and it unlocked it in your account and thus the store. Or you could buy the dog for $77,777. That's awesome. So, before we move on to Alex's Geek Peak, I got a quick question for you, Zach. Mm -hmm. How much work would it be to get into Destiny now? Like, I've I think I've played a total of like ten minutes. I just never like n- didn't grab me. If I wanted to like get into it, had a good group of friends that were really into it. What would your recommendation be? Jumping in now as like a fresh player. I would say because this is the start of a new expansion. Mm-hmm. This is the time that you would want to jump in. It would be the easiest curve to jump in. How much Granted, money would I have to drop to get access to the new campaign? Uh, I mean, new campaign is going to be like a $60. It's like basically like a new game. Like, so I don't need to purchase the previous expansions or anything to... You don't if you only want to play the new stuff. You do okay. if you want to play some of the older stuff. Granted, um, I think but, they discounted it pretty heavily because of Lightfall's release. Yeah, and I mean, they have sales where stuff goes on sale like half off, basically. Well, constantly. I know they've just given out the base game for free a few times too so it's currently free on steam as well yeah it's the base game sets steadily free and they've wrapped everything together except for witch queen now and lightfall maybe beyond lights not i think it is hmm. i don't remember it's Looks the to Europa. Me like you can get the uh, the quote unquote legacy collection which is beyond light forsaken shadow keep and maybe some other stuff. I don't... Here's the thing. I think you can just buy Witch Queen and it'll give you everything prior. But it is confusing from a, like, regular-ass person's perception on the, sto- on the like, Steam store or whatever. Yeah, and you would not want to buy that legacy thing because Forsaken's part of the base game now. And it's basically not in the game at all anymore. Huh. Right, right. With some exceptions, they, they have, like, bits and pieces of it. Uh, but they did say that they're not going to remove anything from Destiny moving forward. It's, like, mm. core part of, can- like, uh, expansions. So, like, Forsaken, they took out most of it except for Dreaming City. Uh, and then they take out the seasonal stuff each 
uh, expansion cycle. I'd but, be curious yeah. at this point what like new player statistics are for Destiny 2 at this point. Like, I would imagine that a vast majority of purchases are current players wanting to keep playing. Mm. And it, for the most part, it seems like it's a pretty good value. People like buying these expansions, it feels a bit more substantial than just some DLC or, you know, a, some pack of goodies or whatever the case may be. Um, and it's more of a similar pricing model to what we've seen with like past World of Warcraft releases or even like Diablo 2 expansions right. and that type mm-hmm. of like you're buying expanded content for a game you love versus this live service model that a lot of games are trying to like ooh weekly drops weekly costumes weekly like and i i i'm sure some of that does exist within it but it seems like this like overall the core of the game is buying these expansions as the world evolves and expands and more story is 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 presented yeah, so each like each expansions, each part like major story change beat, and then they made their seasonal model, which came with like the battle pass esque thing. Okay. That everybody's ju- everybody just gets free version of, uh, which means you can definitely get the new like the seasonal exotic and all that just fine. Right. Uh, but if you bought the one thing, you just get extra stuff, extra cosmetics. You get the seasonal exotic up front and some other stuff. And then an extra copy of it later, but that's more for people who are like min maxing power levels because hmm. whatever your average level is, if like one of your weapons is like way too low, you can, or a piece of your armor is way lower than the rest, you can grab that out of your seasonal stuff to bring it back up to average and kind of do stuff with. But this is where the, the waters really get muddy for somebody who's just not into Destiny because you have a base game, you have expansions. You have seasonal stuff. You have exotics you can only get for a certain amount of times. Like, it's it's daunting and hard to keep track of. I can't imagine somebody who's into it. And this is a question I posed to Marcus, who is writing this exact guide for us as we speak. He wants to get it done before Lightfall comes out. Like, if you're a new player, how do you get into this? That would make a great article. And he's like, okay, well, let's think about that. And so we hashed it out. And hopefully we'll have that on the website by the time this episode is out. Yeah. I am technically doing some of that currently with our buddy aces he's been out of the game since vanilla right okay vanilla d2 or d1 d2 oh, okay. we, we played all the way through d1 gotcha. he, he only played through that and then he was preoccupied for a while um but now he's he got back into it and we talked him into playing the other day and he went from 1350 which is like super super below like it's not really even where you start for most things because like the new expansion is going to start and everybody's like lowest light level will all be set up to the same point Mm. and then it'll build from there again that's why right now is a really good time to come in because as each season goes the the light level increases the cap Mm -hmm. so like everybody's baseline becomes a little bit different but the lowest baseline is always the expansions baseline interesting so for this past one, it was 1350, and it went all the way up to 1560. Okay. So he went from he went from 1350 to 1550 really quickly. Yeah. Right. Um, but the last like your, your like 10 level grind is like actu- actually like an absurd slog, which I think is kind of being addressed. But they're also making the game harder. Hmm. Like Destiny more of a so challenge. weird to me because I shouldn't like it. 
right? Like, it's got all the things I dislike in video games. But the one time I sat down and played it when it hit PC, I spent probably 10 hours on it in a weekend. Because it was just really, like, you know, you, you do it, you listen to a podcast, you know, whatever. It's a pretty satisfying shooting feel, too. Like, the gameplay yeah. is snappy and it feels good. Uh, they got a good thing going. Well uh, I mean, I guess so much for being a quick question, but uh, thanks, Zach. <laughs> that was informative. Big discussion I, like, I feel like I feel like I could make, like, an informed decision now a little bit because yeah. I, like, don't know anything. But, uh, Alex, give us a peek at your geek. All right, so check this out. Um, and I don't even have a lot of context for this because it's a particular show that, like, is very much an homage and tribute to one from long ago. So Kamen Rider, very popular tokusatsu hero. You know, he's the guy who looks like a cricket or a grasshopper, and he's on a motorcycle, and he comes in various forms, like the Power Rangers or Ultraman or what have you. Lots of these tokusatsu heroes. Ultimately, you know, he's usually at the ground level fighting a monster. And and so it's, it's a lot of, like, stunts and choreography and suits and... Uh, very dramatic poses and you know like trying to toyify things so that they'll sell to the children but this particular one is available on amazon prime which is how i watched it is called common rider black sun it's a anniversary release for common rider black who was fairly popular for kind of an anti-hero aesthetic um but this show is wild like it is, for one it's kind of messy because it is about racism to the point where, like, at the end of the show, they reference some of the very real-world recent happenings here. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I would have let that one fly, but okay. And it's it's horribly violent in places. The suit animation is, like, cosmic horror level sometimes. Um, it's, it's really well made for what it is. And, like, the soundtrack is fantastic. But I, I really just got sucked into it, man. Like, the character is really cool. Um, he's just, like, this this dude who fought... He, like, fought against... Because there, there's two different types of people, basically, in this. And this is the parables and the parallel for racism that they try to tackle. It's basically there's, like, an, a monster-slash-animal-type hybrid person called a kaijin. And they have the ability to transform into a thing. So, like, for example, one of the characters is a whale guy. And another one is, a, like, a sparrow. And our main character, the common riders, they're, they're grasshoppers. They're like crickets, right? But there's a physicality to these suits. Like, there's moments where you see the, like, things on this character's back. And you're like, those are just there for decoration. And then he'll use them, like, to fight from behind. And then at one point he like rips it off and turns it into a sword because it goes rigor mortis. And then for the rest of the show, he only has one of those <laughs> legs because he pulled one off. It's crazy. <laughs> but the thing oh. that really sucked me in is this uh, this concept of like the, the way the Kaijin are able to like heal and really get like super juiced up on their like natural abilities or whatever is this stuff called uh, Heaven which is an extract that they pull from this guy called the Creation King, who was, like, one of the first common Riders or something. And he's, like, this old, decrepit, like, giant grasshopper monstrosity gross thing. This is some, like, and Akira. super like... cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, like, they have all these tubes running in them, and they use that, and they mix it with human flesh to create this, like, like gel that you can eat as a kaijin that'll, you know, heal your wounds really quickly. It'll give you a bunch of energy. You're stronger. When did the show air? 
recently, like 2022. Or oh, so it's a it's an homage to a popular yeah. old series. Right. Okay. As an anniversary release. So it celebrates Common Rider. It specifically references the opening for Common Rider Black, which I went back and watched because I was like, this seems really retro to me. And it was, like in episode nine, I think. They just do the intro to the classic with the modern characters. And, and it's this is really live cool. action? It is live action. Very cool. Ten episodes long. Each episode's about forty five minutes, so it's a bit longer than what maybe you would want. But I was, like, sucked into it for the entire thing. There's, like, a time skip thing where uh, they talk about a conflict that basically set up the current conflict and all the different power struggles in, like, the 70s or something. And so it's about rebellion. It's about um, civil rights. It is also a, like, really dark kind of physical, like, body horror thing. Like, it's wild. Very cool. And the and the theme song check that one out. when he first transforms into like his like regular outfit, oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> it, it it gave me chills, and I was like, I I don't even know the source material. This must be fantastic for Common Rider fans. Yeah, that's that sounds awesome. I might have to actually check that out. But that yeah. brings us to our topic for this episode: anime games. Woo. um mostly just a discussion around like our experiences and love of anime games i think it's a particular corner of gaming Mm -hmm. uh that uh is i think it typically gets like put into one of two overall genres typically and then it kind of sprawls out from there um and it kind of depends on what era that you're playing too like you know there's been anime games that go all the way back to like the super nintendo and nintendo Mm -hmm. and arcade games and you know you talk about some of the early hideo kojima stuff on the sega saturn and stuff like that msx and and all that crap yeah like there's some cool stuff out there uh Mm -hmm. but you know personal touch originally i had pitched that we talk about games only (laughs) based off of anime and then i realized i only had three (laughs) games to talk about and there's a lot of other games that use an anime aesthetic that I, that are still widely considered anime games that I love and don't want to, like, omit from the conversation. Yep. And I, it's fair to say that all of us are pretty big anime fans, generally, and have been for a long time. And so we're also of the age where we've seen this genre of animation really kind of come into its own in America. And so it's fascinating for us to be, like, this weird area of gaming where we like this thing. And we're going to check out something because we like the original source material oftentimes. But the quality is never quite there. But sometimes you just play through it because you like the stuff, right? Like, I've played so many terrible, like, objectively bad anime games just because I really like the source material at the time. Yeah, I can't say I've had that same approach uh, past like high school yeah uh, more when I was a, a teen than now <laughs> for for me it was a lot of like oh I I really like Shaman King and there's a Game Boy Advance game coming out I'm kind of excited about that yeah and you know that that style of thing and so things like or going over to a friend's house and playing Digimon Rumble Arena on PlayStation 1 
And then when I finally yep. got a PS2, you know, it was like some peak Dragon Ball Z love happening. So there were some killer yes. fighting games coming out at the time compared to a lot of other fighting games that were out that just had a lot of like that DBZ flavor to them. I think the PS2 is really the king of anime games, honestly. Like, the reason I got and wanted a PS2 so bad was because I went to a friend's house and played Dragon Ball Z Budokai. Yeah, I think I think the one I played the most was Budokai 3. Yep. And Great game, hun- I think. Like, probably hundreds and hundreds of hours played with mm-hmm. my friends on that one. The only game that I probably played more with my friends would have been Smash Brothers Brawl. Yep. Um, but you know, as a game, as a lover of like portable gaming, legacy of Goku two, where you get to play as like the different yep. characters loved that. It was super fun. That one's like actually good still. I would argue, uh, it's such a huge improvement from the second or the first one visually still like holds up pretty well for what it is. Whereas if you go back and play Budokai three, it's a little, it's a little rough. But dude, remember when people would like stick a funny card into a PS2 and wiggle it around just to play like a Bleach game? No. Yeah, that was a thing people were doing, man. And even when I was in college in Elkins, like I knew friends who had a whole collection of Japanese titles and that's how they would do it. There was like a specific shape that you cut into like a credit card. You jam that thing into like the disc tray of your classic PS2 and give it a wiggle or whatever, and it'd play. It would unlock the region lock or whatever. Weird. It was such a strange time, man. But that's what I'm saying. I think that for anime games, especially the passion for the source material, often outweighs the quality of the thing. There's a yeah. lot you'll look by as long as it's got you know the characters and the world and the aesthetic that you're into. I would say that the the last one I would want to mention on that area, or in that era for me, is Radiata Stories. We've talked about Radiata yeah, Stories. So I much. at this point with the recent release of Legend of Dragoon on modern console, Radiata Stories is the only game from my my library that I don't have like easy access to in current gaming. I can play Star Ocean till the end of time. I can play Final Fantasy Nine and Seven and. Uh, I think now Dark Legend Cloud of Dragoon. is on PS2, Rogue Galaxy, like a lot of the classics on that console are now available. It's like weird that now at this point that Radiata Stories isn't available, like even just as like a port on the Switch or something. God, that would be so good, honestly. Like I'd the way so that they're good. releasing Wild Arms and stuff, man. Do you, uh, do you, are you fond of this era at all, Zach? Like, because uh, I know people around us who are into it, but I mean, we we kind of always played, you know, this and that. There's a lot of stuff I did not play. Mm. Yeah, I guess I probably missed a lot of that because I didn't have access to a lot of RPG, JRPG stuff. Right, right. Like Final Fantasy IX was my big, big adventure into any of it. I think it was like Breath of Fire 2 or 3. Now, here's an interesting question. That's very anime-based. Mm-hmm. Aesthetically and like surely inspiration-wise, like it's defi- like they're definitely JRPGs. But I, I'm not 100% positive I would consider the Final Fantasy games anime games. I would once you get to 7, wholeheartedly. Because it, like, Tetsuya Nomura, the character designer, literally cites Akira as an inspiration. Like, he made those character designs, like the original artworks, to mimic what was happening in anime at the time in Cyberpunk. I don't know, though. And it's like, really evident in 8, not so much 9. But 7 and 8 are very, very anime. 
when people talk about anime games though final fantasy does tend to get left out of the conversation and i think it's because they don't like they don't look 2d like at all yeah it's like pixel art and then polygons they like never even tried to like animate and the, it and the 2d ones are very much based off like a mono style and yeah. also kind of built on like what was established with dragon quest and so it's like a mixture of the very different Amano, right? Like, you know, the very fae, fairy-type figures, the mostly feminine figures. Uh, and then you have something like Dragon Quest, which is obviously anime-inspired because it's Akira right. Toriyama. And so when you meld those two things together, it kind of, you know, blurs it up a little bit. But it it still has... Even the first Final Fantasies do have their roots in anime. Yeah, I It's think probably it, more towards D&D, but it's there. I think it becomes harder to define. It's just like one yeah. of those like weird gray areas where like Which is why we chose to make this broader. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> for sure. Um but like there's like you without a doubt, when you look at even like early attempts at a Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z video game, they're mm-hmm. trying to like recreate the style of the cartoon, of the anime. And when you look right. at like in game Final Fantasy Seven or Eight, it's like, well, those are polygons. They're like Right, right, right. And even like, uh, so even comparing games of a similar era, like Final Fantasy twelve versus Dragon Ball Z Budokai, like twelve is a little bit more like grounded, trying to be like a little bit more earthen tones and realistic textures and things like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, I guess it really def- depends on how broadly you define anime, because you know Final Fantasy uh, Spirits Within is considered an anime film. Right. But it's all CG, kind of like way to evaluate and explore like why when you mention anime games do people not immediately think of Final Fantasy despite the fact that it's clearly drawn from mm-hmm. that style and even those storytelling beats. Weirdly enough, anime has become so broad that it's it's such a like as soon as you see it, you know, right? Like, you can look at scenes from Smash Brothers Ultimate and be like, that's anime-inspired. These characters are very obviously anime characters. But what makes them that, right? Like, it's something to do with the visual layouts and, like, the way things move or the, the actions or the way scenes are, like, composed. I don't know. It's weird. Zach, what what drew you in? Like, what, what does the beginning of your journey into anime games sort of look like? Monster Rancher. <laughs> <laughs> I remember That's a seeing weird the show. Um, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the show. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got a hold of the game when I was younger. And I thought it was the coolest fucking thing to be able to put in whatever CD or movie I wanted to get a okay. fancy fucking yeah, this monster. Is the one I was thinking, uh, when you mentioned it, I was like, is this the one where you like put in different discs or like different yep. like UPC codes or something to like unlock monsters? And yeah, okay. Yep, yeah, it was it was very cool. Uh, that was my like intro, um, and then like echoing what you said, like in late high school, uh, college, a lot of my friends were really into Budokai, so we played a lot of Budokai. Mm-hmm. Um, who'd you I, who'd you like playing as in Budokai? Oh uh, shit. Uh, I think I just kind of played random because I I wasn't very good at fighting games like 
at all. I've gotten a lot better, but I'm not somebody I would I think consider that's more good. my thing, too. But what stood out to me about the Budokai games was the load screens were like little mini games. So you'd like, you'd have the little like spinning guy. And if you rotated the joysticks really fast, that guy would like move around the screen and like fly. And if you stopped, he would like stop spinning as fast and like drop down and bounce on the ground or whatever. Like the load screens were so long that they made them into like little games. (laughs) But back to Monster Rancher, was that game fun aside from the like getting characters aspect? Um, yeah, I mean, it was like dungeon crawler and like, uh, slight like a like a colony management or something well like because you like trained them you leveled up your monsters to go wander into dungeons it was very very pokemon-esque okay uh but with not pokemon themes Hmm. i remember watching Um, the show as a kid and seeing like the final episode or something on fox kids where I watched a lot of, like, Americanized anime. I mean, One Piece, I think, originally aired in America on there. And then, uh, you know, Digimon Season 3 was, like, the standout thing for me at the time. But it was yeah. it was a weird little show, right? Like, <laughs> and That was my foray into all of this. I don't know if I can explain what Monster <laughs> Rancher is, except for it's Pokemon, but <laughs> not. So weird. There's a character named Mochi and a tiger thing and a golem. I don't remember what they were trying to accomplish, man, at all. But I know that, like, that very (laughs) unique physical mechanic of putting the disc into the PlayStation and getting a monster, like, a lot of people will say that's such a really engaging way to interact with your game library. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you could, because, like I said, it was any CD, so fucking my mom had a giant library of fucking music she loved to listen to, so... And every game like, I bought, I'm gonna came borrow with four your discs. you borrow your whole CD binder and find a monster I like. Yeah, right. Now those games recently were reported to the Switch, uh, Monster Rancher one and two. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think you can do the disc thing anymore. But um, they also made an Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher, which is just Monster Rancher again, but it's monsters from Ultraman. And according to these screenshots, apparently you can just get Ultraman, so that's kind of weird. Uh, I also noticed that you have uh, the Tales series listed down, and I remember on GameCube playing Symphonia a bunch and enjoying that one, and then I kind of put the series down for a long time, and then in college, Tales of the Abyss on 3DS came out, and that sort of like put my eyes back on the series, and I've played a bunch of them since then. When did you get into the Tales series? With Tales of Zestria... Uh, because I watched the anime. Okay. Mm. Is Asteria the one that they... It's kind of widely considered bad? It's the one right before Berseria. Okay. If I remember correctly, a lot of Tales of fans... Is that the 360 don't, one? ...don't like Zestiria. <laughs> Wasn't it I recently think right. ported I think... or something? I, I don't know anything about these games. Tales I of Symphonia recently Symphonia got Symphonia and was like, a, this is dull. <laughs> Symphonia got a, a port recently. Uh, apparently it's a yeah. bad port. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Unfortunately, mm, that sucks. Yeah, Zestria looks like it has pretty pretty rough reviews, sitting around like a six to a seven. But I know that. What was the new Berseria, one that came out? Berseria is considered pretty good, and then Arise. From what I've played of Arise, that, that one. one's good. Yeah, I'd play that one. I watched Joe play a little bit of it, and I'm like, this looks sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It it screams like kind of like emo anime, like. I'm gonna be super cool and 
I, half my face is covered by this mask. Who am I? See, the old ones man. felt like Kmart JRPGs to me. Like, they're really bargain bin, in, in my opinion. Like, the I writing is really disagree. basic. The, um, the, like, environment design was really basic from what I had experienced in other titles. Like, I don't know, something about it. I'm like, this feels like the things that I like, but way worse. I would completely <laughs> disagree. Symphonia was, like, a pretty, like, gameplay-wise and the way that it, like... Its story was a little basic, but like presentation wise, nothing else really looked like it. It it was like really starting to get into some of that cell shading and like capturing more yeah. of the like, anime look in a JRPG yeah. versus like everything before it was just like vaguely polygonal. <laughs> like as soon as we figured out cell shading, man, that was it for three D anime games. Like I love, love, love the sprite era. Of uh of anime titles like I really have fond memories of playing Gundam Battle Assault Two. This is a fighting game on the PS One that's You've mostly sp- sprite based. The sprites are incredible looking. They're very complex and like they move in the, in a way you would expect a Gundam of the time. And it's just something about the way that game looked, man. I was all about it and. It's not a very good game. <laughs> I don't think, anyways. Like I've seen people try to play it, but <laughs> when people re, re like do that style now, though, with like modern gameplay mechanics and Ooh, ideas, it's yeah. really cool. Because uh, I've I've been put in some time with Persona Four Arena Ultimax or Remix or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, that game is a blast and it looks amazing and it's all like sprite based still. And I know Guilty Gear hung on to that for a long time until its most recent title, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that or a title or two. So, question then on the the ideas of, like, art styles and stuff really making a lot of, like, feel along with, you know, what happens in Mm -hmm. various games leaning in towards, like, an anime game. Like, do you all consider, like, the Borderlands series to be an anime game? Funny enough, I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I would either. <laughs> but now that I think about it, like, it kind of checks a lot yeah. of boxes, doesn't it? it? It does, and that's why I waited until we, like, passed a point where we'd have <laughs> yeah. checked a bunch of boxes in conversation to ask. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this information. <laughs> I think it's a fair question, but I still don't know if I would call it an anime game. And that's the thing is, where is that line? I almost call it a comic game. Yeah, it it's almost parody. I, it definitely is yeah, parody. I would, I would I would agree with that. It's like definitely like a comic book or like graphic novel aesthetic. Yeah, it does somehow lean more towards like comic book. It's just a really hard place to put your figure on because we all just said it checks these boxes. Right. And we stated these boxes. So now we're in another gray area. But I think there's like an attitude <laughs> that needs to be like captured in like an anime game. And I don't Borderlands, the the extremes that Borderlands takes, is not in the same areas that anime tends to take. It's closer like, to Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's a little bit more yeah. slapstick, a little bit more comical. <laughs> leans yeah. really heavily into like weird guns and things like that. But at no point am I like amped up by something that's happening on screen in in Borderlands in the same way I would be with like. You know, when you see Goku do the spirit bomb for the first time. Right, right. There's like an extremism in anime 
that is very particular to yeah i don't know and i could be completely wrong i'm not an anime expert you almost have to like really suspend your disbelief <laughs> for most shows but here's the weird part right like I mean, we're, we talk about games as they exist. In, as soon as they come out, they exist in the things we can talk about, right? Like, we talk about gaming in its entirety in the current state that it is in and speculate a little bit on the future. But, the the like, because anime has certain styles from era to era and from, like, artist to artist and, you know, studio to studio and whatever, like, there's certain games that'll lean on very particular styles. Like, I really like the Alundra game on PS1, which is basically just a hard Zelda, but it starts with, like, this kick-ass, like, 80s anime fantasy thing. And when you see that opening, you're like, this is an anime. Yeah. But it's, like, Slayers, Magic Knight, Ray Earth, like, that era. <laughs> now, to, to bounce off of Zach's question, is Yakuza an anime game? I would say that I is. had that written down, like Yakuza, like a dragon in particular. Like it's something about the attitude. It's something about the attitude. It feels uh -huh. like an anime game, but visually, it's it's not really. It's like, exaggerated look... movements. They hang on frames, and it's like really dramatic in in places. Like it, it really comes down to series. how you, as a viewer, might define anime it's got yakuza has sure. all the attitudes and storytelling beats of anime but visually it's its own but also thing like it's definitely more realistic <laughs> visually it's almost gta yeah. oh my goodness i'm glad this that we what i love this. about this chat is it's like so every time you think we've got it we don't <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really glad we opened the like the question up beyond just things only based off of anime that existed right. or whatever because then that's just licensed games from animals. sure but now, now that licensed games are getting like, better yeah they are finally like i don't know if the new one piece odyssey is any good but that's a like a fairly impressive looking rpg and we have a fairy tale one too i think by a similar studio that's cool i didn't know about the fairy tale one i really liked fairy tale a lot yeah, I don't. I think it was a fairly middle of the road game, but again, if you're somebody who really likes fairy tale, you might super like this game. And I See, think ultimately that's what a lot of these like licensed people are going for first. Is you know, do we have the right music? Do we have the right visuals? Do the characters look how they do? Do they have all their moves? This is just sort of making me want to like explore more of the history of anime games, like experience it, like some of those Sega Saturn games or like lunar uh story yep. on uh like ps1 or something and uh, like because you know most of my experience is ps2 and on mm -hmm. or game boy advance or something like that and you know recent releases like the nino kuni series which are phenomenal and heavily inspired visually off of like studio ghibli film and, and studio ghibli even having a hand in the first game like that kind of stuff really like really like make something stand out and 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 pop uh when you're playing it and gives off certain feels certain art styles mm -hmm. definitely like capture different eras or feels and nostalgia for different people and i think it's a fascinating aspect to anime games in particular that'd be a really fun yes project. That would be very, very cool. That that should be a very long project. <laughs> it would take forever, like if we, especially if we're going to consider things like the MSX, which has a whole, like, 
subsection of titles. <laughs> Even something as simple as going back and playing Snatcher. Right? Yeah, like... I've never Or yeah, what like, is it? Police Knots is the, yeah. the other one that he's done. Like, going back and playing some of those, like, when full motion video was like the next, the big thing and how do they were implementing it with anime at the time is an era of anime games that I've never touched. I've barely even heard about it, but it's cool. There's a lot of sexy games on the MSX. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm flicking through screenshots of like MSX anime games and it almost immediately went into the not safe for work territory. So well, that's a good thing. So you're here's at the home. thing: that's a whole nother level of culture too, right? Like somebody out there is making booby games on the MSX in Japan, and that's all like probably a thousand titles I, that we just don't have information for, and that shit keeps me up at night. Because I mean, that's I suppose that's another that segment to be cataloged somewhere. Another segment of this conversation <laughs> that we're probably not going to talk about much: hentai games. That's a whole thing. They're anime games, right? Like they kind of yeah. have to be. Like, hentai is specifically (laughs) pornographic anime. And fan games are all over the place. We've talked about those a lot on this show. Like, a lot of them... One of my favorite things is people will take something that doesn't exist, right? Like, they'll take Pokemon as an engine, and they'll make a Digimon game. And I'm like, sick, I've always wanted this. I can run around (laughs) with Metal Greymon. That's awesome. Or they'll, you know, do... They'll hack the uh, the language so that I can play the PSP Digimon game that never hit American shores but I can load it into my PSP and get it running and it'll work and that's a cool novel experience right like <laughs> I, I just appreciate the fact that we live in an era right now the three of us in which we can find this information and we can probably play these titles yes and I want to piggyback on that with the idea of DLCs and mods to things yep Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say DLCs, but be much more in mod territory, like, up there with fan game territory. Like, right. whole, like, redone engines are just things that, like, redo, like, this whole game. Be like, say somebody made Elden Ring look like fucking Dragon Ball or something. Right, like, yeah. Like, for example. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, now the game becomes very anime-esque or can completely fall into, like, anime game territory, but it's it's it itself is not. And now, like, really young children that are into that Roblox stuff, they, they've got a whole genre. There's, like, a kaiju game that kids play. There's one where they, like, run cars into giant, like, anime characters. And they're, like, there's all these, like, millions of hits on YouTube. I researched this shit for, for work, right? And it'll be, like, <laughs> in Roblox, you can now play as Rodan. And it'll have, like, 500,000 hits. And I'm, like, how, these kids know about, like retro kaiju like this because of roblox that's so weird to me and it's it's totally like it's the new grounds of their generation right like we we played all sorts of weird oh, stuff. god yeah. remember <laughs> where they took the oh, mario sprites and turned it into like this dragon ball style epic my goodness you just uh, untapped some like that was a memories. floodgate <laughs> remember adventure quest <sighs> very much based on like 70s yeah. 80s anime styles Represented right. in a had simple a, art style. Yeah, and they had a Grand Quest was something that came out on PS4. Yeah, yeah, and they were all based off of like Adventure Quest. I would like love to sit down and talk to the people that make Adventure Quest because when I Isn't was a kid, that was one of, 
I guess. When I was a kid, I I <laughs> mailed in my subscription once because at the time you could get like server priority if you just sent them fifteen dollars in an envelope, <laughs> and I did it. And I was a guardian in Adventure Quest, like one of the first or whatever, for like years. And you get all wow. sorts of cool, like extra quests and stuff. Like that was a that's a core memory for me. Like because that was one of the few games that my internet in West Virginia could play. Neopets but, sort of had a uh, an anime. Aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, it and did. that was like you. I remember not understanding anything about it and. <laughs> people would like figure out how to like get their like monster to change and grow and i'd be like i don't yeah. well, how do you do this well i went to this and i'd do that and then it wouldn't happen for me or whatever and it was just like all right well that's what i wanted most as a kid man was things that were in my interests but represented in a way that was really cool like when i found out the super robot wars existed i was stoked i'm like you can play fire emblem with gundam characters that's super cool and funnily enough, I got into ROM hacking, played the GBA version, because for super for context, Super Robot Wars is this giant crossover tactical RPG, right? It's got all these characters from Mazinger to Gundam to Ava to all this stuff. But in for the longest time in America, you would get Super Robot Wars with original characters and not the licensed characters. And so I mm. found a way to play the GBA version that had the licensed characters with a fan mod in it. And I was running around with, like, Shining Gundam and Mazinger. And this is how I, like, really, like, started figuring, like, from a history perspective, I was meeting these characters. And I'm like, who the hell are you? And so I'd Google it, right? And then I, all this history. And so I, I love stuff like that. Um but, like, nowadays, you know, you can get Super Robot Wars, and it has all the things, and it's really robust, and it's got all these crossovers and stuff. And so just being a fan and wanting things to be, like, good, that's where I think anime games is kind of heading, because even all the cash grab stuff is mostly on the mobile platform. When it comes to consoles and PCs, we are finally getting a lot of, like, licensed anime titles that are, like, made with people like us in mind who are really kind of conscious to what's in their games before we get any farther away from it because it won't make sense to come back to it do you remember the dragon ball z fan game they were trying to make on the unreal engine for a while no. i think so you like fly Where around looked... with goku yeah i mean i think the the big showing of it is that they were running around as either goku or vegeta yeah the ground was completely, like, breakable. It, it almost felt like you were playing, like, Metal Gear Solid Five detail. Yeah. But being able to fight, like, in a complete open world, like you were playing a Budokai game. Hmm. Like, a dude, like, did a spirit bomb. It looked so fucking good at the time. I remember that just sticking with me. Do you remember um, the Attack on Titan Unity game? that were like, the little chibi guys? And it had this really robust, like, mechanics and physics system. And it was awesome. It was such a good little game. Nope, never played it or heard of it. <laughs> it was really popular in uh, anime YouTubers in like 2012 or so. But I, I think that like the big takeaway is that the conversation surrounding anime games is so big. Uh -huh. right? There's so much to discuss and talk about in terms of like what even defines an anime game. What what's included? Like which ones stand out? Which ones are good? Uh, but this leads into bonus segment secret 
bonus segment that I Uh-oh. created for you guys. And I think this is going to be an interesting exploration of uh, of some anime game as like a topic. I've he- I've got pulled up a list of the best-selling anime video games of all time. Oh no. Oh boy. And I want you guys to see if you can guess any of them. Dragon Ball Xenoverse 1 or 2. Both of them are on here. Xenoverse 2 is the second highest best-selling anime video game of all time at uh-huh. 9 million units. Uh-huh. They just keep putting out stuff for it. The 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 first one is at 6 at 3.13 million units sold. Part of me would like to think uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is also on that list, but I don't think it's sold nearly that high. Uh, Nino Kuni? Uh, Nino Kuni is nowhere on this list, uh, but Fighter Z is number three at 8 million units. Really? Yes. That's crazy to me. Now, wow. does this, is this licensed game specifically? It just says best-selling anime video games. And no, no, it's not. I know for a fact that at least at least one of these is not a licensed game. Okay. What's in a... Uh, Surely one of the Naruto's isn't that high. Ultimate Ninja Storm 3? Or... Naruto Shippuden wait, Ultimate wait, Ninja... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. What's that Shonen Jump crossover one that was really bad? Yeah, yeah. The, the Shonen... The Shonen Fighter. Yeah. yeah. The one with the big three on it. Jump not something. on here at all because everyone hated that game. That's wild because really? it had such a big like marketing presence. It had such hype. Yeah, you you'd think people would just buy that one. I people were excited about it and then it was bad. Uh-huh. But Naruto so, Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 3 is number 7 on this list at yeah. 2 I'm getting a theme. It's like all fighting it's games. 2 million units sold. Well, we got to think mainstream, man. That's <laughs> What the hell could be number one? I had a really... I came out of the gate swinging with Xenoverse. What are some other, like, really popular anime titles? I I mean, outside of it being, like, strictly anime, I mean, I would have... With the fighting thing, I might have thought, like, one of the Blaze Blues or Guilty Gear would be up on the list, but... Is Guilty Gear Strive at the top? Four of... Four of the top ten are the four... The first four Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm games. Okay. With four being, I kind of expected that. With four being number one. Wow. At 10.7 million units sold. According to this list on animemanga.fandom.com. I don't know how I mean, reliable this, wrist, li, this list is. Still. But that is insane. People like that shit, man. Like, think about how many copies they sold on PS2. There's a couple of really big ones that you guys are missing, but the top 10 is like mostly Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. That, yeah, I, that kind of. That can check out, yeah. yeah. That, There's that a couple tracks. of Dragon Ball ones. What's that newest Dragon Ball one? Kakarot? Dragon Ball Z yep. Kakarot? Number five at 4.5 yeah. million units. That makes sense. There's a really, really big one that you guys are going to feel dumb that you didn't say. It can't be the One Piece game that just came out, right? Like, there's no way. But maybe it's a really popular franchise. One Piece Odyssey. Uh, no, it's not on here. Okay. Other One Piece games are on this list, but they are not in the top 10. They are in the top 14. Huh. Now, is this, like, recent games, or is this 
everything. Nope, this goes all the way back. Is it Budokai Three? There's then? no way. You, there's no way. Way you'll get this one. Number eleven on this list is Dragon Ball Shenlong Na Nazo, at one point two five million units sold. It came out on November twenty seventh, nineteen eighty six. That's got to be a Famicom title or something. I might have that. <laughs> I genuinely yeah, might have a cartridge for that. It came out on the Famicom. But <laughs> it's in the top top 14 selling anime games of all time. That Sailor Moon fighter wow. on Super Nintendo isn't one of these, is it? No. There's no way. Everything else is like past the 2000s. Easily. And we've already pretty much noted all the dragon ball ones like budokai 3 tenkaichi 2 i assume was a big none seller. of those are on here raging blast nope there huh. there's two more games that were that were where you guys are trying to nail down no cheating zach are they in a franchise no. that we've mentioned um no attack on titan no. Something, something, damn it. <laughs> One of them is fairly recent as of 2021. Is it a Muso game? Really? Like a hack, like a Dynasty Warriors? Nope. It's a fighting game. And it's not. Do they consider Tekken or Street Fighter a, a fighting, like an no, anime game? That's not okay. Because. I think Tekken 7 sold a lot. Again, I don't know how, like, reliable this list is or what they yeah, defined as um i don't know if oh. this one was like overly well received the other one i'm looking Wait. waiting for is critically acclaimed is it one of the demon slayers demon slayer kometsu no yaiba the okay Inokami chronicles 1.32 million units sold is number 10 on this list just cracked it it's very representative of the source material, if anything, visually. Oh, yeah. uh, that makes one, sense. There's one more left. Critically acclaimed. He's been one of the highest recommended JRPGs game. of all time across three console generations. Dragon Quest Eleven? No. Across three generations? Like console it's been remastered? Xenoblade? No. Ah, that's a good guess, though. Um, it's not going to be a, a Pokemon or Digimon, no. is it? Pokemon. Yeah, that, that be if fair. this included Pokemon, the top ten would just be Pokemon <laughs> games. Pokemon. Let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the most recent this. Pokemon game has sold more units in its first weekend than the number one <laughs> on this list because I think they sold like eight, eleven million units or something in its first weekend. I really want to see yeah. the playtime, though, and just figure out when the drop-off happens. <laughs> <laughs> they announced $35 DLC today. Anyways, so what is it? It's Persona 5. Yeah. Oh, duh. Okay. Uh, I know. It's one, like, it's one of those things okay. where you're like, oh, now that you say it. Yeah. It, 5 million units plus. I don't know what the plus means. Estimated. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. September 15th, 2016. Highly regarded. So what was number one? Number one was Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja oh, Storm that, 4. Yeah. <laughs> 4. Road to Boruto or whatever it's called. But, uh, yeah. Huh. That well, is... Well, they're doing a like, repackage of those Ultimate Ninja games here pretty soon. 
I guess but, people really like those. But yeah, I thought it was like a. I just like looked it up out of curiosity. I was like, this will be a fun like thing to visit because the top ten is like two franchises and then like two other games. So eight of the games are Naruto or Dragon Ball. That's crazy. <laughs> and then Demon Slayer and then Persona Five, which it shows you like show the impact. How successful Fighters was though, even though it's like a hardcore fighter. Fighters, but then also just like Persona Five. Yeah. Everything else is a fighting game or an action RPG. And those and are fan servicey as hell titles as well. Like when you play those Naruto games, there's like 150 characters in them or whatever. Right. But like think like the Persona series is pretty well like highly regarded, fairly mm-hmm. does do, does pretty well critically. But to tell you just like how popular Persona 5 has gotten and how well received it was. It just gets bigger every year, yep. man. And then, like, yeah. with the recent releases on current platforms and the Switch release, mm-hmm. I'd be curious as to how many numbers the Switch itself pumps. Because I, I got to say, I've been playing it on my OLED. Love it. It's a great way to play that game. Cut up in bed for, like, 30, 40 minutes before I go to sleep every night. Just yeah. chipping away at it. So I guess right to to kind of like close this out here, if there's one anime game that you wish you had that doesn't exist or that you've never played, what would it be? Like what franchise, what type of game? If they revisited and made action RPG based off of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, because we haven't gotten a, a Full Metal Alchemist game since the original anime, and I don't think it was a very good game there's a mobile one that's got some production value to it but you know but yeah like a full uh, like a a solid like action-based full metal alchemist that followed brotherhood specifically yep and like was able to capture the entire like area god that'd be cool but that like captured the like story and look of Mm -hmm. brotherhood that would be my choice shit i don't know i'd uh like, I don't know why this is the first thing that pops into mind, because I know that, like, Maiden Abyss has uh, a game of its own, but I have no idea anything about it. Yeah. That could be your answer. But but when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, man, I was like, you know, Maiden Abyss, but something like Mega Man Legends style, mm-hmm. I was like, might be highly appropriate for it. That I could see neat. that. I think that... Big we Booty gotta Girl get... 7. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against the grain here. I think that old school anime cyberpunk aesthetics is very, very cool. I think you could do a hellacious like point and click style Akira title, Ooh. or like a like a character action game almost, where you're exploring the city. You know, third person. You get to ride around on the motorcycle. Like, give me a third person reason to play through Akira and like have big character moments and have, I could see that working really really well. I could see that working really well. If you were like, like a, like a side story that was happening during the events of Akira. So you would see like different moments play out, but from a different perspective and have different impacts on what your character is experiencing. If it's like a point and click, like, classic mm-hmm. anime game from like the sega saturn or whatever i could see that you could also really cool. expand that and actually tell the story outside of what's in the original film because that's just the beginning right right well the, yeah the original film is like the first volume or two volumes of eight massive volumes mm-hmm. like there's a lot of story there that doesn't get told in the movie the movie's great 
and it's one of those interesting situations where the guy who created the manga got to direct the animation like adaptation of it which is really Mm -hmm. cool i think the only other case i've ever seen that is uh um hayao miyazaki and uh nausicaa it was a manga first that he did that's an, an incredible read but the movie is also incredible but only covers half of the story it's wild that's another one like nausicaa and the valley of wind would make a sick like zelda like right yeah like a 3d zelda like breath of the wild too bad he hates video games berserk character action (laughs) game where you fight monsters and stuff and like legit hates video games he thinks that they are a detriment to society and the worst form of art he also it's hates okay animation, be... so that man just like hates everything about his own life. He's big old sourpuss. And <laughs> Evangelion fighter, beautiful, would be cool. warm and fuzzy movies, and then he himself is just like, I'm gonna smoke this pack of cigarettes and hate everybody. There's so many <laughs> things that I would love to see, but the Fullmetal Alchemist one, I think, is like, you could do a lot with that. It would be cool. Just make, do what they're doing now. Just make a Dragon Quest, but stick anime on top of it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Forever Classic Podcast, where we talked about some anime games. Uh, Hopefully we uh, were entertaining or brought up some interesting ideas. If you have any questions or comments or would like to add to our discussion, feel free to reach out uh, on our social medias or on our Discord or even on our email, which is just contact at foreverclassicgames.com. Uh, This has been great. I love this conversation a whole lot. Mm -hmm. We couldn't do it without you listening and encouraging us in our filthy habits of talking about video games and thinking anyone cares. Uh, but uh, stay cool out there. I was going to say that uh, I don't think they can stop us. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep doing this. We'll just keep doing this even if you're if a podcast plays in the woods and no one can hear it. Is it still a podcast? Yes. Yes, indeed it is. All right. Well, stay cool out there, folks. Play some games. And until next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>